Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Load up your goats! It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I'm your TV guy, Brett White, and I'm also a reporter-producer for Decider.com, and this week, I am joined by the rare three-peat guest on this show, Mr. Ethan K. Hello, Ethan. Well, hello, Brett. <laughs> How's it going? Things are pretty good, third, gotta say. Third time is the charm? Brett, I could do this a hundred <laughs> times, a hundred and fifty times, and it would still be wonderful every words. single time. Uh... Two of your three episodes involve animals. That's a good point. So, farm animals. I will have to say that the other two episodes that we did, I happen to like better than this one. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alerts. Oh, boy. Yeah, so this week, we'll be traveling to January 28th, 1963. Lawrence of Arabia rolled the box office. Walk right in by the rooftop singers topped the charts. And CBS aired the Andy Griffith Show episode, The Loaded Goat. Ethan... You must have seen The Loaded Goat before today. I have not seen The Loaded Goat. <laughs> Thank you to Netflix for putting The Loaded Goat Thank you. Avail- making it available for everybody. I feel, I feel like a lot of people don't realize you can watch all eight seasons of The Andy Griffith Show on Netflix. It's on there. Uh, you know, I, we, I've never seen a full episode of The Andy Griffith Show before. I've seen clips. Oh, man. This is the first full episode I've seen. <laughs> and I gotta say... This is pure 1960s sitcom loaf. Yeah. It's just, it's just, if you cut off a slab of 1960s sitcoms, it's, it's yeah. the canned laughter, it's the hacky yeah. personalities, it's the mugging to the camera, it's, it's the glacial pacing. It's the, yeah. Not it, much hap. Um, so we're in a bit of a blind leading the blind situation here. That's going to be fun. Ah, but I have been doing research yeah, on, so these, on got, these fine because, fellows. So our, so our, Let's talk about our history with the old Andy Griffith show. Um, uh, I am from Tennessee, so obviously the Andy Griffith show... I mean, Andy Griffith show is set in North Carolina. And I lived for about three to four years in North Carolina. So in the South, the Andy Griffith show is a thing you just absorb as if it is part of the very humid summer air. Yes. Like, my dad, this is my dad's favorite show, which I do believe is partly why I was always knee-jerk against it. Because I was like, no, I don't want to watch this. Um, I want to watch Full House, because I'm a little stinker. (laughs) Uh, But, like, I have never, I've seen a ton of Andy Griffith, but only because my dad watched it all the time. Um, But in terms of, like, sitting down and watching an episode, this is maybe only the second one I've ever purposely sat down and watched. So, here's the question for you. When you were watching those little clips here and there, did you see the loaded goat? No, I did not. I don't, because I, hey, you see the loaded goat, you remember seeing <laughs> the loaded goat. But, like, I did know who Otis, what's his yeah. name? Otis Campbell? I, I forget his last name. I just know him as Otis from Mayberry or mm-hmm. the drunk Otis. When my dad got his, um, I'll look it up. When my dad got his wisdom teeth out. Uh, he woke up from the anesthesia or whatever, and he was slurring so much, and he just kept saying that he sounds like Otis. Otis Campbell. Otis Campbell, yeah. Otis. Played I by keep wanting to say Otis P. Worrell, but that's <laughs> Ernest P. Worrell. Well, Otis Otis Campbell was one of those classic classic archetype drunk yeah, figures. just that... a drunk. The entire show seems to... Mayberry just seems to be filled with the stock archetype 
character kind of people. That's what yeah. part of the charm is. It's a, I mean, watching this, I realized there is a very clear uh, ancestry between like this to like the Pawnee of Parks and Recreation. Oh, like, entirely. Where the town is just populated with dozens of recurring characters. Because only like, we're the only regular characters on the show are like Andy, Opie, and Barney. And I guess Aunt B, but Aunt she B. wasn't in this episode. And there were there were, uh, there were there were characters that came through the show here and yeah. there that are really remember your memorable. Gomers and Goobers. You're Floyd the Barber. Yeah. You got your Otis the Town Drunk. Um, your, the uh, mayor. Oh, does the mayor come back? The often? mayor comes back. Yeah. Uh, like L. Ron Hubbard to me. What uh, Andy's girlfriend, who he marries in the uh, reunion oh. show? I forget. She was. She was. Uh, she stayed through the entire show. So why didn't you uh, watch Andy Griffith growing up? Probably wasn't available. Wait, I mean, not even on re. This is one of those like epically rerun shows. It would have had to be on Channel Eleven in the afternoon or the weekends, and yeah. those those times were usually Nickelodeon times, yeah. or even PBS times. Why would? Although, I mean, this is very all. This is so family friendly. Oh, I also it's... think that that's like it's the most family friendly you can get. <laughs> well, just, with the amount of mugging to the camera that everybody does, it's like yeah. a kids show. Yeah. It's it a is. Kid show. Let's get into talking <laughs> straight up. So, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we'll be talking about the Andy Griffith Show episode, The Loaded Goat. It is the 18th episode of season three and was written by Harvey Bullock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but not that Harvey Bullock. Well, there, there's, there's dubious trivia that they named Harvey Bullock in the comics after Harvey Bullock. The, the writer? The writer, but I, that's a very tenuous claim. That, yeah, I mean, it is. Weird. Uh, it was also directed by Bob Sweeney. So I have two episode descriptions. So first, I'll give you this one. Here's how Netflix describes the episode. A construction crew is blasting for an underpass near Mayberry. The rumor is that the mayor wants to bring the highway past his brother's gas station. Ethan, does that describe the episode? Is that the only description of the that's episode? A, well, that's the first one. That's the Netflix one. How accurate is that one? It's... It's factually accurate. Yeah. It, is, it is not situationally not, not spiritually. accurate. So here's how Wikipedia describes the episode. Andy and Barney have to find a goat loose in town that just ate dynamite before he blows up. That accurate. Extremely accurate. accurate. So the reason I chose this episode is because you're like, let's do the Andy Griffith show. So I was just like scrolling through the Wikipedia list to be like, well, I wanted to find a Barney. So I like control find Barney episode. Uh, so let's talk about Don Knotts. He's great. Not in this episode all that much, turns out. Um, but I came to the Loaded Goat, and that description was like, how do I choose any episode, any other episode? So it makes it the second episode that we've had, that we've watched together that involves an animal. Yeah. And to also say that we have not only watched a talking cat. A talking cat. We also watched the Halloween puppy made by how- the same people. Is it called Halloween? It was called a, it was like a Halloween puppy. I think it's a Halloween yeah. puppy. So, so Brett and I, uh, our friendship is based on animal movies and TV Watching shows. Watching creepy animal things. Because <laughs> we did Mr. Ed uh, uh, which was ago, eight uh, Which was a great episode. I would say that it stands head and shoulders above Loaded Goat. Yeah, a lot more happens in that Mr. Ed. You don't get the goat surfing. Although, I do want to see the show where the surfing horse and the dynamite goat team Solve up. Solve crimes! That's the show. Give me that crossover. So this episode starts as all Andy Griffith episodes, episodes uh, start with the theme song. Now, now we have to pay like a whole bunch of licensing fees. Yeah, they oh did that. man. So it, it's one of the most iconic openings of all time. Uh, there are lyrics. Uh, correct. I that I'm not entirely sure. I do know that the the people who wrote it. I forget the names exactly. Um, the 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 tune writer. Was the same writer that just wrote a whole bunch of 1960s oh, wow. and 70s, including so... including the Mod Squad, which was produced also by Danny Thomas. Oh wow! But uh, the other the, the person who did the orchestration for it was the, it was the same guy that did the orchestration for a lot of John Williams. Oh, and I can't remember the names off the top of my head. I don't have the Andy Griffith it. Star Wars connection. The, the, the Andy Griffith ET connection. Um, and also Ron Howard, Ronnie Howard, director of Solo. See it all <laughs> ties together. Solo got his start right here with the loaded goat. Yeah, in some ways Chewbacca is a loaded goat. Right? He's like a 
he's like, got oh. he's got cannon. Looks like he's, he's, got, he's, he's, he's got, yes. Yeah. I will say yes and <laughs> yeah yes and he is. <laughs> so yeah, so that's the opening credits. It's you know it. It's just Andy and Opie with fishing rods walking down to the pond to go fish. If you can find it, there's a great mashup between that and Beyonce's single ladies. Oh. That is amazing. I think it's called Single Ladies of Mayberry. I could be wrong. <laughs> As uh, sung by in the style of Aunt B. But it's 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 a mashup of the Andrew Griffith Show music with Beyonce lyrics. On board. That's that's, a, that's an aesthetic right there. So the episode opens in the barber shop with Floyd the Barber. If Floyd the Barber is not present because though, he had a stroke. Mm. And he's gone for years, apparently. And he this, was like he was one of those characters that's kind of like Still really well associated with the show, even though he was not with it for a while. Same with uh, Don Knotts. Don, Don yeah, Knotts he was only in the first after... he was five seasons. Yeah. And he won a bunch of Emmys. Don Knotts, I do believe, if you go to the um, Outstanding Actress and Comedy Series Emmy page, Don Knotts won that award in 62. <laughs> and it's just because at that time they didn't have, gen- like for that one year, they didn't have gender split. Uh, they was just like supporting actor and a con- supporting performer. Um but it's just funny to be on that page. It's like, Don Knotts won this award <laughs> that one year. Uh, beat some women for that award. Uh, so, like, they're all in Floyd's Barbershop, and they're all just super excited for an underpass. Like, that's what I wrote down. I was like, they're all just so excited about this underpass they're getting. Yeah. There's not a lot that happens in the town. I know. They're getting some construction. They're getting explosions, you know. So, uh, But this is where the... Um, <laughs> This is where the political scandal that's that Nef. I feel like whoever wrote the Netflix summary watched the first minute of this episode and was like, oh, that's good enough. Yeah, the lonesome goat's a metaphor for the loaded goat's a metaphor. It's really all about the the corruption and the the, the construction. <laughs> like that's what Hutch is that his name? Hudge? Uh, Hudge. H U uh, like fudge, but Hudge. Well, it's Cy Hudgens. That's okay. the name of the character. He was not a regular. Is this his only episode? No. Well. Here's the weird thing about that. He was played by Forrest Lewis, who was a character actor, did a mm. ton, you know, every cow- every cowboy series that existed in the 50s and yeah. 60s, every courtroom series. Your wagon he, trains. He came back uh, multiple times as multiple different characters. Hate that. Well, he was he was big on it, because if you look oh. at his IMDb page, That's he all show, he did. <laughs> he'd show up at various shows and play two, three characters for two, three episodes. Uh, so he comes in and basically says, like, well, a lot of people are saying, Mayor. Folks are saying the main reason that underpass is going in is to bring the highway past your brother's fill-in station. That is a lie. That is an outright lie. May heaven strike me if that's not a lie. (laughs) Which is true. Like, that is not, you think that's going to be a plot. It's not a plot in this episode. It comes back up at the end of the episode when the mayor, like, lets it slip of, like, yeah, my brother's really... Ha- I mean, whoops, like, so this not a plot. <laughs> so the stakes were very low, but somehow they paid it off. <laughs> or got lower, or, like, I don't know. Uh, I did... I was reading the, um... Because we had a lot of time in this scene, because every scene in this episode is a long scene. On the wall of the barbershop, it has the, I don't know, menu barbershop items you can get. One is you can get a butch cut or a flat top. What is a butch haircut? Do you know what a flat I top? I know it was it, a butch haircut was two dollars. Like a flat top was two dollars, and a haircut was one seventy five. My guess is that the butch is probably not flattened at the top. It's just it's just very short. Oh, like, it's just like it's, it's short like a, all it's over. It's like a buzz like cut. a buzz cut. Okay, uh, yeah, not too short, but it's just straight up buzz cut. So I'm we, guessing we see Hudge's uh, goat Jimmy comes in, and this is when I noticed that. Do all goats have testicles on their necks? <laughs> there's there's a scene later on where Otis was like cradling the goat. He was getting and, close because he was drunk and he was like, you look like my uncle or whatever. And his mouth is like right on the these. The forced n- perspective of it, because I feel like he's probably not parallel with it, but the way it is shot, it looks like he's about to put one of those neck balls in his mouth and then says, are you my uncle? Or what? I was like, this is very upsetting. See, we didn't discuss this before, but I'm surp- I'm like really happy that we both noticed this. And the first time it. the goat co- comes in, I was like, I don't. I mean, I guess I don't see goats that often. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if all goats have like n- 
They are honestly, it looks like what a rooster has. City folks just don't get it. <laughs> City folks talking about, I moved to New York 12 years it. ago when all the Murfreesboro, Tennessee was just you know, sucked out of me. You know, when I was, I went to college at Alfred University and across the street was the Alfred State College that had animal husbandry programs. Yeah. And the town was so small that one day the the ag tech kids brought a goat down to Main Street and let kids pet the goat. And that made the front page of the newspaper. <laughs> Man, so easy. Like, you know what? I'm bored. You want to make the front page of the news? Like, easy. Easy. It's so easy. It's a pastime of mine now. Here's my wall. The editor's like, do we write Slow News Day as a headline again? They're like, no, no so- wait, there's a goat on Main Street. <laughs> no, they brought some ice cream cones down to the square. Someone, someone-, <laughs> someone threw a barrel in the river. What? <laughs> Someone's just laying down on the streets. <laughs> um, so, yeah. They go next so, yes. door. So the goat, uh, Hutch, they're like, you can't have the goat in the barbershop. So Hutch, Hutch takes the goat out, ties him up to a bench out front of the barbershop. The goat hears some harmonica playing, some French harp, as Andy French calls harp. it. French harp. I've never heard it called the French harp Never before. heard that. Uh, he, was... so, so the goat... Jimmy like nudges his way into the sheriff's office. Well, first he 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 chews he, off oh, yeah, the he chews off his rope. Chews off his rope. Foreshadowing. Goes in. Don Knotts is playing harmonica. Don Knotts can actually play harmonica. I do believe is the IMDb trivia I saw, but didn't pay attention to. Yeah, and right. now I'm realizing I should have. Um, he was a performer from way back, so he yeah. probably had a lot of. So what are our Don Knotts takes? I am a, I'm a huge fan of Don Knotts. Now you could say like it can be discovered that Don Knotts like murdered hitchhikers, and I'd be like, <laughs> oh, that Don Knotts. No, uh, but you so must be a fan. You must be a fan of his from his Disney work. I, I am a fan of his Disney work uh, from the Apple Dumpling Gang. But really, I got to say, my favorite Don Knotts film um, is the uh, new Scooby Doo Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the Private Eyes. It's not uh, Incredible Mr. Limpet. It is the Love God, which has a question mark. Uh, <laughs> it is one of my favorite films because it is just a. Not only is it just so weird, it is completely a product of its time. I don't. Did, I don't know if you watched it. With it sounds me. familiar. It's the whole plot of it is um, there are some shady pornographers. <laughs> The start of not any your, great Don not your Knotts. dad's Don Knotts. <laughs> so there's some shady pornographers who are going the they're they're going to get arrested for obscenity. So they're like, we need if we get a really super squeaky clean publisher, then the charges will be dropped because they'll just be you know they'll, they'll look at this guy and be like he can't be a pornographer. So they get uh, this guy who is Don Knotts. <laughs> who is a bird watcher? He's being like, he's engaged to like the sweetest, most virginal girl in America, and they're like, "Do you want to play virtually Hugh Hefner? Do you want, <laughs> do you want to play this play up this role?" And he's like, "Oh, I guess I can. I need need money for the wedding." And uh, so he he goes and plays Hugh Hefner uh, for this trial. <laughs> So there are these great scenes with, with like, really stylish Don Knotts where he has to, like, play the part of yeah. a playboy. What year is this? Like, late 60s? Late 60s. Late 60s. <laughs> Seems very late 60s. Yeah, I want to say it's probably, like, 68, 69. I'm, yeah. I, I'm sick, maybe 67. But uh, it's a great film, and I wish, like, when I first time I watched it, I'm like, I wish this was a Broadway musical because it's uh, perfect for it. Yeah. There are no songs, but it's got, it's got like, all the, like, the same characters it's like it's you could map it on guys and dolls it's yeah. that set up for a musical he's a really he is a great you can see why he won an emmy for outstanding actress in a comedy because <laughs> um, even in this episode with him not having much to, like i wrote down in my notes dynamite plus don nuts equals like thumbs up basically <laughs> like because there's a scene where when he discovers the dynamite by like he has takes out his lighter lights it to read the crates in the dark and it's like dynamite and he starts shaking and it's like it's he's very good he's he did, a very he, good he didn't win the epi- emmy for this episode no, he did not. <laughs> uh the goat was probably nominated jimmy was probably nominated for outstanding jimmy was goat. great yeah, yeah. No, outstanding yeah. goat effects yeah uh <laughs> so the goat is hanging out in the sheriff's office and then andy comes in and uh so don or so barney says like nothing's going go. on I'm only- no just old mrs vickers Every time a blast goes off, she calls asking if it's Yankee cannons coming down the road. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sheriff's office. Yes, Ms. Vickers. No, ma'am, that's just blasting on the underpass. Yes, ma'am, we're still holding on to Richmond. And I was like, God, like, how old is... Because the Civil War was a hundred years ago. This is 1963. So, liter so, what is... Well, I guess if you are, like, in your 90s and senile or, like, have dementia, I could see where you might think it's the Civil War still. Late 90s? Well, I think, like, if you were born in the late 1800s, uh, you probably grew up with a lot of stories. To the yeah. point where when your memory starts to go, maybe it all gets gray together. It's I don't know. She's just a kooky old lady. <laughs> Another fun fact about that, though, that was the only woman in the entire episode. Yep, I wrote down, no women, question mark, at the halfway point, And that by the end, it's like, yes, no women, period. You should have also written, no black people? No Honestly, there's only... Okay, how many characters are in this episode, period? So there's Andy, Barney, Opie, Hudge... The mayor. The mayor. The... The goat. And the dynamite guy. Dynamite And expert. Otis. And Otis. So eight... So seven humans, one goat? Yeah. And when we say seven humans, one goat, we mean literally seven humans, one goat, because there are... No bystanders, no pedestrians, no extras. There was no... one extra in the in the barber scene. Oh, like a rando? Yeah, it was just But like the there's a scene later where they're walking the goat down Main Street, and I guess maybe word has gotten out, like, go inside, there's a goat with dynamite <laughs> in because they're walking it's this it's this big shot of the entire backlight. It's a really cool shot. Yeah. And it's Completely just empty. Barney and Andy walking a goat down a main street. This show is kind of like I'm not going to say famous, it's kind of infamous for there being ver really no minority characters. Oh, yeah. There I was, guess, yeah. I, I guess there was one black actor in like one or two episodes and maybe in a couple of like bystanders. Yeah. Like, like extras. But this, this was the, this was a cast that was completely, completely like monochrome. Yeah. Yeah, that's 1963. Yeah. But even... Other shows would try. Well, we're still on the cusp of that. Dick Van Dyke had that really uh, monumental episode where there's a whole episode where they spend the entire episode thinking that they brought the wrong baby home. And then when the, at the end, the, the punchline of the whole episode is, oh, here come the parents to, we think this is their baby. Ding dong, open the door, and it's a black couple who are dressed like as nice as Robin Laura. <laughs> and like the, and they're like, it's so interesting because the dynamic shifts and all of a sudden it's 1962 and this black couple on TV suddenly has all the status in the scene because when they enter, they're proving that Rob and Laura were insane this entire episode. Like they, what is their problem? Why are they freaking out? And they, I think they even say like they came over there just to see the look. Oh yeah. They said like we came over to see the look on your face. Wow. So it's like that. And like I think at the time people were like, holy shit. Like there were just a black couple like, that were, you know, like, as, like, dressed nicely, treated with respect. It's only for literally, like, ten seconds. No. But they get, like, the good button of, but that's, like, 1962. So it's, it, it's, uh, early. It it's, is early. Oof. Uh, so after, so then this is when the goat pieces out, and then the goat goes and eats dynamite. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's exactly what happens. The goat gets bored. Wanders through a back alley set, which is extremely well lit. I, yeah. I, I must say, like, every time a character walks on this back alley set, they're like 13 shadows just follow them on various different, <laughs> various different surfaces. Um, so the goat goes into this little shed. Which I guess is where they're keeping the dynamite for the underpass, maybe? Not locked. Not locked. Oh, just open. He nudges his way in and then just starts eating dynamite. It's like, starts. He just starts sucking down sticks of dynamite. <laughs> not that he, not that he was interested in like any of the hay no, that was littering the so alley. It's so great, and it's a, it's a really hilarious visual to see this goat just like guzzling on. It looks like he's like chopping out a cigar or something. So, Brett, here's a question for you: What is your opinion of would a goat survive eating dynamite? <laughs> well, I don't see. I don't know enough about dynamite to even because after he eats the dynamite, they're like, don't even jostle him. Like, don't... So how... How... Listen, all of my knowledge of Dynamite comes from Roadrunner and Wild <laughs> Coyote cartoons. And on that, 
that dynamite gets like thrown, tossed. It doesn't explode until you light it and it blows up. Yeah. So real sticks of dynamite, do they? Will they really explode if you jostle them, or do they need? It's because they have nitroglycerin in them, correct? They they do have nitroglycerin Which in, in them. Like spy things, nitroglycerin is very well explosive. Nitroglycerin itself is very <clears throat> volatile, and if you have a stick of dynamite that's sweating. Yes, then like that's, that, that's, See, that's dangerous. I know that from Lost. Art. Oh, I got some arst on me. Oh, St- Sticks of dynamite themselves are usually packed with other stuff yeah. because they're easier to handle. Um, and usually they only blow up if you have like a blasting cap or a blasting pin yeah. or something like that. Um, it is... I, I suppose it's possible that if you do throw it and impact it very hard, it could probably it could probably blow up. So would the goat survive its teeth if its teeth got through the casing in order to eat it? Would it? Would the like if it chews its way through all the coating around the nitroglycerin? Goats toast, right? It depends on how much it eats, too. Well, it, is it poison? Hunch kept saying, "Oh, he ate a lot because he's got an appetite." Yeah, <laughs> which seemed like a way to like artificially heighten the stakes of like how much did he eat. Oh, he probably ate a lot. We didn't see him eat a lot. We saw him eat two sticks. Yeah. He ate one while he was in the shack, and then one um, for the road where he was just walking out with his thing <laughs> sticking out of his mouth, like, like a big old Ernie Kovac cigar. Um, so I mean, he could have the, the goat could have been poisoned. Yeah, that's might have been what happened because they they give nitroglycerin for uh, medical reasons. Oh, okay, it's very small doses because it's good for uh, heart. Problems. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what could have happened is the goat might have eventually. And this is not to spoil the ending. The goat might have eventually died of poisoning, he- poisoning like health complications. Oh. Well, that goat's definitely dead. Like no matter what, pretty much everyone in that cast is dead except Ronnie Howard. Yeah. Wait, is An- Andy Griffith died? Right. Yeah. yeah. He died. See, yeah, my memory is gone. Yes. Yeah. Uh. So the this is when we get our titular line because then like Barney and Andy like try and track down the goat. They're trying to find the goat. And Opie tells them, we get our one Opie scene where Opie is like... Sober. The what? He's sober. O- Otis. Otis. I'm sorry, I was like, Opie. Opie. Oh. I was like, yeah. Ron Howard was drunk on set <laughs> every day. Abusive. <laughs> that, riding that tricycle uh, or that bike. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, so, the plot really just... This is such a gentle, slow show. That's like... We get a little bit of time with Soberotis, who is like putting. Uh, why? He's so, not. He's not supposed to be caught drinking. Why? Maybe open container. I don't. I yeah, because that's the thing. Is like this isn't prohibition, but he says like moonshine. Like I guess maybe making moonshine is illegal. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Again, I don't know 1960s liquor laws. I do know that in Tennessee, it's still illegal to buy or sell alcohol on a Sunday. So. Uh, yeah. Also, Pennsylvania has Pennsylvania crazy, had yeah. those laws too. You had to, you, you could only buy liquor at the ABC store. Yeah, and you also like could not like when I go to grocery stores in the north and I see like vodka at a grocery store, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, because then you can only buy beer and you cannot buy any liquor in any grocery store. Now you can buy beer in Pennsylvania, um, but I believe, and this is just by my my, my experience at Wegmans in Forks mm. Township, Pennsylvania. The two do need to be separated. Ah. Like you cannot, you can't leave the beer area with your with your beer and go to the regular registers. You have to go through their registers in the beer. Wild. Area. Yeah. So like Otis is hiding his uh, moonshine. Uh, then we get a scene with Opie saying like I saw the goat go into the dynamite closet or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> so then they go over there, see the dynamite. Then find the goat, and that's when we get the teacher line of Andy saying, Somewhere wandering loose around Mayberry is a loaded goat. <laughs> What's great about this episode is that it's not, there are no twists and turns. It is very connect the dots. Yeah, because then they take the goat, they put him in a cell, uh, they just keep like filling it with hay and cushions to make it yeah, not it's, it's volatile. Con- it's connect the dots. If someone said, Hey, Brett, I want you to tell a story where a goat eats dynamite so, and then it's led out of town. And you just want to hit those beats? Yeah. That's what it is. Because they get the goat in there, they bring in the foreman from the underpass construction just to tell them about dynamite. Played by Kurt Russell's father. 
Wait, what? Uh, wow. Yeah. He was he was an actor. His name is Bing Russell. Um, I looked him up. He was the owner of a very minor league baseball team in the <laughs> Pacific Northwest, um, where his attitude was, I don't care if you guys win. I want you guys to have fun. And a lot of kind of like players who are about to retire, who wanted one more season, would play. Uh, so we like him then. Yeah, that sounds pretty I th- cool. I think he's he sounds like a pretty neat dude. Wow. Um, the name of the team was the Portland Mavericks. Um, <laughs> like the Portland like layabouts or the Portland like chill dudes. Uh, it was the he, he hired the first female general manager in professional baseball and uh, the first Asian American general manager. Wow. Um, yeah. Nice, nice on you. Bing Russell? Bing Russell. What a name. <laughs> yeah. So he was great. He's amazing in this episode. He's a scene stealer. No, <laughs> he he's, kid he, comes in and gives some exposition. I think his, his biggest the biggest thing was there's a goat full of dynamite, and he just goes, I gotta get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna be liable yeah. for this because you didn't lock up your dynamite. Right, yeah. He's just like, I'm sorry, I have to get back to work. So then the mayor comes in smoking a cigar, then he finds out... That, I did like that everyone's reaction to the the dynamite stuffed goat I felt genuine. Everyone was treating this as a bizarre circumstance. <laughs> uh, and also like one that was dangerous. Except for, I guess, the foreman who was like, yeah, peace out. Gotta go not blow anything up because blowing things up might cause the goat to explode. I guess through panic or jostling peer pressure yeah the dynamite <laughs> stick so then otis comes in so andy and barney are gone otis comes in drunk and that, then puts himself in his cell that was his shtick that was his shtick goes in there with the goat he before he molests the goat he keeps trying to sleep on the they put the bed on the wall as padding and he keeps trying to sleep in a bed against the wall, which is some very funny physical comedy. Got a laugh out of me. Because he, he gets on and just, like, slides down. Very cheap I joke. know. every And everybody in this episode, except Andy and, and Opie, is just, like, mugging to the camera like they're... Oh, it's big. God, like a goddamn Marcel Marceau. <laughs> just, like, everyone's face is, like, takes to the camera, like... Jaws dropping, eyes bulging, like double takes. <laughs> well, but then again, if I encountered a loaded goat, I also might load my performance up. <laughs> I'd be loading my britches up because you've got you've oh, got that was bad. Sorry. You've, well, you've got the 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 double team of um, you've got the double team of Don Knotts, who yeah. is the com- best, a huge physical comedian, and Hal Smith, who plays Otis. Who was another big physical comedian, yeah. and you kind of like mix the two together, and you got these huge, two he's great, huge, two huge personalities filling this tiny screen. It's no wonder that Andy Griffith himself kind of fades into the background. Of some he's of these a episodes. very good grounding force. He's yeah. very calm. He's very like sweet, but like for. I mean, he's very like Captain America y in a way. Like Which was weird because his background was in stand up comedy. Yeah. His background was was in stage performance. He was like he was a he was an actor. He is a leading man. We were and, talking about this earlier. A Democrat gospel singer. Yes. This what? Yeah. He was, <laughs> There's something about that. Like finding out that Annie Griffith was like a staunch Democrat, like blows my adult mind knowing growing up in the 80s and 90s in the south where like southern and republican you cry like you're i'm crossing my fingers right now like that's what it is yeah you, if you are southern you also have to be republican to not be republican and be southern is to experience like some weird like i'm an outsider in this one area north carolina is to to its credit yeah has you have always a, been a little more purple yes. than other yes. places in yeah, the yeah. south yeah a you little some, bit more yeah. blue, um, because and, but I don't know how much of that is. Yeah, a lot more colleges. It's I think it's literally it's colleges. It's colleges and, and, it, and it's and it's it's people coming into the tech sectors from other places uh-huh. that are more liberal. So Tennessee, it just makes me a little bit. <laughs> I wish 
that people that hate Democrats but love Andy Griffith would maybe see <laughs> the good in some Democrat politics. Do you remember during, I want to say it was the election that uh, the John Kerry... 2004? Jo- yeah, the John Kerry-George Bush election. Um, Ron Howard did a, an ad for Funny or Die. Oh. For for, to, for voting Democrat, and in, in what he did was he got back with Andy Griffith, who was very old at the time. Yeah. Um, and and with the fishing poles down by the water, and they talked about being Democrats. And then Ron Howard did a scene with Henry Winkler, still dressed as Fonzie, and he was dressed as Richie Cunningham from Happy Days, and they were talking about voting Democrat. It was a great ad. Oh my wow! It was a great video. It was more than an ad. It was like it was a, like a funny. It was a video. moment. Yeah, more than an ad. It was a moment. But it was it was Ron Howard looking back at his acting career, yeah. which for the most part is over, other than yes, I mean he has he I mean, arrested development, a good shift to directing. You know, fantastic shift. Uh, I liked Solo. I liked Solo. I had fun. I liked Splash. I liked Willow. Uh, I liked Apollo Thirteen. I liked. Let's, li- let's list other Ron Howard <laughs> films. Uh, uh, Beautiful Mind. Uh, oh, Rush. Chris Hemsworth racing oh, movie. Yeah, I, did, I have not seen any of these. Uh, uh, I spit on your grave. <laughs> oh, that uh, wasn't him. No. I, uh, so anyway, Goat Cruelty is what I wrote down. <laughs> Goat cruelty. I noticed it too. Because Otis is drunk and he realizes it's a goat and not his uncle and grabs the goat, grabs Jimmy by the horns and just starts forcefully like... Not his horns, his beard. Oh, right. Yeah, his beard. beard. He's wrestling with... And I was like, there were definitely no... Like, you're not going to see the stamp of like, no animals were harmed. No, because... That didn't exist. Because in the 1960s, there were no laws. It was... So, they're trying to find the goat... The goat leaves. They're like, oh, play your French harp because the goat likes that. The goat comes. The goat's mad. The goat, the goat is goat... mad. Oh, that whole scene. So the, the, Otis has, has, has fucked with the goat to the point where the, he has pushed the goat out of the jail cell. Yeah. That's when Andy comes in. Andy sees the goat just like stand, standing there about ready to like. Rrr. The goat's head is shaking. Andy freaks out, jumps up, like jumps up on the desk. Barney comes in, jumps up on the desk. Lots of good reactions there. Physical comedy, and they did their own stunts. Yeah. Uh, and that's when they play the French harp to try and get him to calm down. Yeah. Good, good. Play. Play? Play. Are you having a spare? Barney, play. Play. Play the one you've been practicing on. Play. Good. Good. Keep playing. And they lead the goat through the empty streets, and then they just take him out to a field. They leave him in a field. And the the at this point, so I, they end that scene with Andy saying, "I'm sure he'll be fine." And they go back to the um, sheriff's office. They dissolve back to the sheriff's office. And I'm like, "Are we gonna hear an explosion of that goat blowing up?" I was bracing for this to take a very dark turn. I still don't think it. It. I think it did. Because well, we, they just don't. They take the goat out to a field and just leave it there. So that one and of, they are like, "Well, done." One of three things happens: the goat blows up and we don't hear it. Yeah. The goat is poisoned to death. Dies a little while later. Or the goat starves to death. But the, sh- the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the episode ends. So the code of the episode is. They leave the goat out, Andy and Barney come back, and they call the form and be like, hey, you guys can start blowing shit up again. <laughs> In those words. <laughs> hey, start blowing some shit up again. Get this fucking underpass going. And Bing Russell's like, fuck yeah. Hey, okay. And so then they go back into the closet to, like, get stuff. They're, they're while they're, they're Yeah, they're the sleeping. So while they're in there, Hudge and the mayor come in. They hear an explosion. Don't know that construction's begun again and assume that the goat is blown up and they start eulogizing Barney and Andy while Barney and Andy stand behind them and listen like little scamps little fella was nice too <laughs> yes deputy Fife will also go down in the annals of Mayberry history as a man of unswerving devotion to duty of unchallenged character of the highest ideals 
What more can I say? What more? Uh, well. through that part again about being loyal and courageous leave out about my unchallenged character <laughs> yeah a little bit of thievery from mark twain and tom yeah. sawyer yeah well, yeah well misunderstanding eulogies and then when they reveal them when they reveal that they were there the mayor is angry that he got caught saying nice things about barney i guess i guess maybe is there like a feud between the mayor and barney Maybe. You know what? You should you should just be you should be unafraid to give compliments in this world. Yeah, that's what I think. So, any final <laughs> thoughts about the plot of the loaded goat? Like I said, it was really connect the dots. Introduce goat. Introduce <laughs> explosives. Goat eats explosives. Yeah. Find goat. Sequester goat. Goat leaves. End on a joke. It seems like they could have. It was very much like, who do we have this week? Uh, Otis? Okay, cool. So write a scene with Otis. Write a scene with... It's set like... Should we write a scene for any women? Nah. Minorities? No! See, this is also... That's the thing. And I'm not... So, the two episodes I've really seen of Andy Griffith's show are this one, and then the Christmas episode. Which I think is it's season one or two. I think it might be season one. And it is a... It is honestly... It is a five-star Christmas episode. I firmly believe everyone should watch it. It is honestly... It is beautiful, it is touching, it is very well acted, very well paced. Not that funny, but in the way that it is dramatic, it is still very effective 60 years later. It's a really great episode. Uh, <laughs> I forgot where I was going. But like this one, eh, it's, it makes me realize this is, this, uh, I don't like getting this serious, but. Go for it. There, it, it feels like. When people, uh, when people that are like, say, my parents' age, say, I want things to go back to the way it was, they're talking un- subconsciously or intentionally about the Andy Griffith. Like, the Andy Griffith yeah. show is this, it is this bucolic, idealized thing that I feel a lot of people that don't like progress. Yeah. Think actually existed because this is what was on television at the time and it's the artifact of 1963 that we still have and still watch on Netflix even though if you went back to actual North Carolina in 1963 you would see black people, you would see a lot of women um, but TV shows didn't reflect that at the time so what is left over is this, which is a perfectly delightful, pleasant inoffensive most of the time, very uplifting, positive, etc. Like, I can't, I don't want to act like, I don't want to sound like no. I'm uh, harshing on Andy Griffith's show. I'm harshing on the people that think this was real at one point. I, I, this was never real. I was thinking the exact same thing uh, yesterday when I was kind of like looking into this episode a little bit more. And at the same time, uh, right now, the Van Eaton Galleries are doing a Disneyland auction. Ah. So a lot of... A lot of that 1950s, 1960s Disneyland yeah. merch was still in that same kind of, right. in that same vein, despite Disneyland itself actually hearkening back to the early 1900s. Oh. So that was, people hearken, like to hearken back to the 1960s yeah. and 1950s, I mean, which are, which are as they're pr- pr- portrayed in media, which was, again, Disneyland at the time, every sitcom at yeah. the time. Like news was like that. Every everything that you digested, magazines, Life magazine, like all all those magazines, they had that kind of veneer to them. That, right. That sheen of this is everything is great. We're no longer at war. Look at all these great technological advances. Like we're you know highways yeah. are a thing. This so, episode literally highway. Great. Highway was a so thing. Exciting. So people, and this is again kind of like looking to that. Maybe we don't want to get into that, but. People do look back at that and say those were better times because there was, I guess, so much of that promise. There and was, te- you know, USA is number one. I also can't even fault others because, like, this is a this is a human thing because I'm hosting this podcast, which is born out of my literal own desire to go back in time to times I didn't even live during, like. I watched the Bob Newhart show and Mary Tyler Moore, and I'm like, I wish I was born 40 years earlier. I would have loved, I should have been a staff writer on those shows. I would have loved to have lived in that era. But then I have to actually think about 
oh, but then I would not have been able to be out of the closet or get married. Or even if I did find a partner, I wouldn't be able to see him in the hospital. Like, which is all shit that is not on television. No. So it's, you have to balance the looking back and expressing fond, like fondness of like, I wish I could go back. But then you also have to check yourself and be like, well, but it wasn't actually like that. Because parts of it were like that. Because people, not everything. People like to forget that. The bad things. No, people like to forget that popular culture doesn't always reflect real culture. Yeah. And that's what, what we look at as TV shows from the 1950s were not what the 1950s were like. Love Andy Griffith show unabashedly, without shame, celebrate it, etc. But when people hold it up as an ideal that needs to be actually like reached through policy, yeah, <laughs> that's when it gets dangerous. You can have. I, I think it's it's fine to have an appreciation for a lot of things, but when you start saying that that fiction is what I want my fact to be, yeah, I want to live in houses like that and wear those clothes. I don't want to live in those times. Yeah. There's a difference. Uh, so let's do some must-have facts. Tell me more about Jimmy the Goat. The ratings for this season of uh, The Andy Griffith Show, 29.7 million viewers on average for this season of television... For the season of TV, season three of Andy Griffith's show ranked number six for the season. The top five shows were tied for number four were Bonanza and The Lucy Show. Number two uh, was tied Candy Camera and The Red Skelton Show. And number one was Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> so that's an interesting... That's interesting. So... Beverly Hillbillies is number one. Andy Griffith's show is number six, which makes me feel like kind of like no matter what era we're in, America is always going to like the dumber thing. Where do we, where is our hillbilly humor now? Where, uh, where, where, where did that genre go? I think it's all translated to Fox News. <laughs> like, oh, no, no. Like, I mean, it's last man standing. It's the ranch on Netflix. Like, on, like that's literally, I think, that's what, where what it is. Translated to, and I don't relate to that. I honestly, like, give me a Green Acres of Beverly Hillbillies and an Andy Griffith show. Hillbillies are not part of popular culture anymore. No. Well, they're red, they're rednecks. Like, that's what it's become. Because now they have, they have, I don't know, cable. Um, it's bad. Uh, but it is interesting, like, Andy Griffith show is unquestionably a better show than Beverly Hillbillies. I think it is better written, it's better acted. I mean, okay, I get, we're just, <laughs> we just watched an episode with a loaded goat. I do think that in general, because I'm going off of that Christmas episode I watched. And if that is a hype that it hits regularly, then it is an artful show. Loaded Goat is a... I think it's a filler episode of, like, we got to churn 30 of these out in a year. <laughs> That's... <laughs> We're losing Don Knotts in two seasons. Yeah. Gotta... Well, I also don't think you can point to any one of the Beverly Hillbillies and be like, they're as good as Don Knotts. I don't think... I don't think no, so. No, nobody. No, I yeah. So Andy Griffith's show is good just... For virtue of having Don Knotts on it, I think. Uh, like I said, you could you could show me a video of Don Knotts beating up my dad, and I'd be like, "That's Don Knotts. He's great. Yeah, he's great in everything." Also successful on two different shows. Yeah. So Three's Company and uh, very rare thing. Fun fact about Don Knotts: The Incredible Mr. Limpet was a live action slash animated film mm-hmm. that he did, not done by Disney. Oh, that wasn't Disney? It was not Disney, where he he falls in the water and becomes a fish that looks yeah. like Don Knotts. But if you look in The Little Mermaid, the Disney film The Little Mermaid, there's the scene, uh, the, the song, the musical number, Under the Sea. Yeah. And there's that last beat where all the fish surround April. They're, they're all at the, uh, the top of the screen yeah. on the sides. And in that grouping of fish, they snuck Mr. Limpet in. And not only that, if you go to Disneyland, and I'm gonna I'm going to Disneyland in September, I'm gonna check for this. If you're going on the Little Mermaid ride at Disneyland, supposedly I I've seen pictures of it, but I have never seen it, and I might have taken it away. If you in the under the sea scene, if you look behind your little shell car, yeah, hiding behind a plant is an actual it's not audio animatronic. It's like just a little a, statue, a, a little statue like, yeah. of Mr. Limpet. Wow. Yeah. 
It's not in the it's not in the Florida version. It's only in the California version, or only was. So we we're, we're there for a day. I'll try to check it out. <laughs> take a pic. Can't yeah. Take a pic, right? Well, someone did. It's online. Oh, uh, on IMDb, 181 users rated this episode an 8.4 out of 10. Would you go higher, lower, or you think that's right on the money? Uh, well, I hated it, but I think that other people <laughs> might have really enjoyed it because it is it's it's so harmless. I know, yeah. I mean, a goat died eventually, but. <laughs> He skirted past that. It's so harmless. It's just like, oh, go got in the dynamite again. Oh, but here's the drunk guy. Oh, here's yeah. the shenanigans. Yop it up and up, and we all we're, we're done. <laughs> it's it's. I would say a seven. I'd give it probably. I'd give it uh, probably six point nine. I'd give it like a six, maybe yeah. a seven. Like, and th- that's me looking at it through 2018 eyes. Right. 1963 would have been like. I can imagine my grandfather oh. talking to his friend being like, Did you, Did you see, see Andy Goat show? They had a goat that ate dynamite. Well, also, I mean, like, they got a goat on television and got it to eat dynamite and then walked it through a tan. Like, wow. My, my grandfather, uh, God rest his soul, I love him to pieces. He passed away in uh, about 20 years ago. Um, but his favorite movie was The Gods Must Be Crazy. And there was one scene that he could not stop laughing at, and it's when <laughs> one of the guys is in a Jeep, and he doesn't know how to drive the Jeep, and he drives it backwards. And he, my grandfather loved this scene. The, this, <laughs> this guy doesn't know how to drive a Jeep, drives a Jeep backwards. And he, he, he would tell me about it. He'd be like, All the time. oh, did you see that? You remember that movie we saw? That guy drove the Jeep backwards. So I get the feeling yeah. there was a, a segment of the population who's like, go eating dynamite, clear um, my schedule. This and is let me great. talk about it for 60 years. Uh, the CBS Monday night lineup in the 62-63 uh, season was, to tell the truth, I've got a secret, the Lucy <laughs> show, the Danny Thomas show, the Andy Griffith show, the new Loretta Young show, and then Stump the Stars. Well, there, there's the big connection. Mm-hmm. There's the Danny Thomas. Danny Thomas was the producer of the Andy Griffith show. And Andy Griffith show is a soft spinoff of the Danny yes. Thomas show because the character of Andy Griffith, or Andy Taylor, uh, debuted in a guest star in an episode of the Danny Thomas show. But it, it was a soft... It was a soft um, it's like a backdoor spin-off. pilot, right? Yeah, but it was really kind of like, we want to do a show with Andy Griffith, yeah. where he plays a sheriff named Andy Taylor, and it's going to be produced by Danny Thomas. Andy, would you like to be on an episode before you do your own show, where we introduce yeah. the character? Yeah. So that's that connection. Uh, what's interesting is that, like, so back then, it's like the news was at 7 uh, Eastern, and then the primetime for this night started at 7.30 with To Tell the Truth, and then ran... So it's like three and a half hours of half-hour shows, which is why it's so many shows. Uh, who would you say had the must-see performance in this episode? Oh, the must-see performance? It's, it's a toss-up. For me, it's Don Knotts, because I just want to see okay. Don Knotts and Jimmy the Goat. I know, like, I'm probably going to lean towards the goat. Like, the goat is really good. I want to give it to Don Knotts, but... He doesn't do a lot. But there's honestly, the goat was really charismatic. Don Knotts has a moment right at the end where the the mayor and Hudge are talking about, oh, you know, they're so great. And Andy and Barney are in are like yeah. in the back room just watching this. And to watch Don Knotts just laugh at the scene yeah. gave me so much joy. <laughs> like, like that's Don Knotts laughing. That man was a legend. There yeah. he is just enjoying himself on set. With his best friend, because they were best friends. Aww. Andy Griffith and Don Knotts were best friends. Aww. Um, going back to when they were in uh, No Time for Sergeants together, they were best friends. Ah. Uh, Must other people see this episode? Yeah. You say, yeah? I, I hated it, but at the, <laughs> same, at the same time, you... When was the last when time... When was the last time you saw a goat eat dynamite? Right. I mean, that's true. The goat ate dynamite the and they goat. walked it through the town. And we're going to talk about this forever. <laughs> I know. We're still talking I mean, about, you know... I mean, for me personally, I'm going to say watch the Christmas episode this Christmas, maybe. I don't think other people must see this episode. Honestly, when I saw Goat Eats Dynamite, <laughs> I mean, like, okay, the, the episode does deliver on the Wikipedia promise of Goat Eats Dynamite. So... <laughs> So the, you the get exactly is, is what you paid I for. I was expecting, I think I was expecting more of a 2018 approach, which would be more madcap. 
Like, I was expecting, like, frenetic Mayberry wide search of them looking looking for this goat while the goat is, like, wandering near, like, like he goes, he, like, walks past a baby in a stroller. Is it going to blow up then? He wanders into church. Is it going to blow up then? Whoa, whoa, whoa. While Andy and, like, while Andy and Barney are, like, one step behind. That's what I was expecting. What we got was a 1963 show, which is very slow, very patient, very gentle, which I welcome. Very small cast. Very, very small, desolate cast. <laughs> and this could this could easily have been like a one act play. Uh huh. Just like a very Tennessee Williams kind a of like slow, mo- slow moving, yeah, southern town. And so there were like there are standout moments, but I bet there are better Otis episodes. I know yeah. there are better Barney episodes. You know, I guess it's probably Jimmy's only appearance because that goat definitely died. <laughs> you, got, uh, you got no Aunt B, and she, got was no kind of, Aunt B. she was a constant in the so, show. So, like, find another episode. We will do another Andy Griffith show episode at some point. Trust me. If you want to see, if you if you want to see Ron Howard at like you know a foot and a half tall because he's tiny. Yeah, riding a <laughs> bicycle and then piecing out. That's back to Ron his set tutor probably. Uh, now, let's do from the big book of sitcoms. The big book of sitcoms by Rick Mitz is a big textbook-sized green book that has sitcoms from every year from 1949 to 1983, including ones that did not last long. We're going to talk about one that did not last long. Ethan, pick a year between 1949 and 1983. I say 1963. 1963. What else went on in 1963? So, ah, so let's talk about the 1962-63 season. Which is when this episode aired. So, which which show do you want to hear about? Don't Call Me Charlie, Ensign O'Toole, Fair Exchange, Going My Way, I'm Dickens, He's Finster, It's a Man's World. Uh, Harvey wants to say it's a man's world because of James Brown, but that's not the right answer. It's I'm Dickens, He's Finster. Yay! <laughs> Yay! You'll see why I'm so excited. Have you have you read this one before? No, I just know this show. And you'll oh. see why in a second. I'm Dickens, he's Finster. The show, this show, which took place in L.A., was all about the crazed goings-on of two carpenters, Harry Dickens, played by John Astin, who'd later joined the Addams Family and Mary Patty Duke, which is why I've watched this, oh. and Arch Finster, comedian Marty Ingalls. Responsible Harry was married and henpecked, scatterbrained Arch was single and swinging, Frank Duvall played Myron Bannister, the shiny-headed building contractor. This ABC show ran for one year on ABC, then went into syndication. I have watched one episode of I'm Dickens, He's Finster, because it is all on uh, Amazon Prime Video. I do believe you have to pay like a dollar per episode for it, and I definitely bought the pilot to watch. John Aston just got a royalty check for like 10 cents, and he's just like... Uh, this is primo early John. This is pre Adam's family John Aston. He is clean shaven. Did you set me up? <laughs> no, I did not. I was very excited when I saw that on here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's um, <coughs> it's just what it says. It's two carpenters getting into wacky shit. I think they also had a comic book tie-in though. What? Yeah, I think because I think when I've googled it, I've seen like I'm Dick and T. Spinster comic books from I'm the looking, early '60s. I'm looking it up on eBay right now. Um. But it's, uh, I remember it was a very basic show, like, again, kind of like with Andy Griffith show, very basic sets, like, not much. Um, I do actually think it was a cult hit, because I watched a, um, so, sometimes on Saturdays I'll just put John Aston into YouTube and watch whatever old interviews come up. <laughs> and I found an interview he did in, like, 1963 with a local uh, TV station, and the host is all about I'm Dickens, he's Finster. <laughs> it's after Adam's Family is because he's talking about Adam's Family and she's like what's up with that show like that was great why did it go off the air and so I'm like oh there was I think it was a cult hit at the time oh uh, surprising yes it did have at least two issues of a comic like book gold? from Dell oh Dell I was like Dell or Gold Key they're, they're virtually the same yeah and it uh, from what I gather Two recurring guest stars were Yvonne Craig. Oh, Batgirl. And Lee Merriweather. Catwoman. Yeah. Okay. And John Aston, of course, is the Riddler. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. 
Even <laughs> I would so, I would talk about John Aston as the Riddler. So, well, so this is I'm closer to the mic. This is nothing to do with the podcast. Whatever. My husband is out of town. I can do what I want. We're just riffing. It's jazz. <laughs> hey. So right now there is the is Funko or Mego or someone is making that Batman sixty six line of like Mego style figures. Yeah. And they're doing like I was at Midtown Comics the other day, and they're doing like. Police Chief O'Hara in beach gear. They're doing Shane. Like, yeah. random care. When? What do you think the odds are of a John Aston Riddler figure? If they're doing characters that are that obscure. My, my, my thought is that it probably would not be hard to get the rights. Because to get the li- likeness rights, because I'm sure John Aston would sign off on them. Yeah. If, he, if he has any control over that at all. My guess is that it would have to be a San Diego or New York Comic Con exclusive. Ugh! Sorry? Why, do people not... Ugh, Frank Gorshin, whatever. That's, John Aston's my riddle. That's what Frank Gorshin's known for, know, besides I... that, episode, that one episode of Star Trek. Oh, right, where he's half black, half white? Yeah, and yeah. also being one of the acts on the Ed Sullivan show when the Beatles... Before the Beatles, right. Uh, and I guess yeah, Gomez is John Aston's number one. Uh, known character. Yeah. But I love his Riddler. I do wish that he had gotten... I wish he hadn't been saddled with being the replacement Riddler in Season 2. Because he would have been great as just any other... Like, he's such a great, campy actor. They, sh- I wish they had gave- given him his own villain. That he could have yeah. actually played for three seasons. Who... Okay, what uh, yeah. Bat villain would do you think Don Knotts would kill it as? Like... And like, if Don Knotts, Batman 66. Like, what kind of Batman villain would Don Knotts play? Is there a comic book one? Like, that oh, he should have... From from that era? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, like, you are a Batman 66 like executive producer, casting director. Don Knotts has a week available. What do you get him as? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm gonna... And I guess you could also create a weird new one because a lot of those are weird new ones. Knowing a lot about the bat that Batman era, I remember there were so many comics of just gangsters, and there'd be like the nervous gangster, <laughs> like like Willie the Wimp. They like, they'd be like yeah. the name of it be something and be like <laughs> he he does he does crimes really badly. That that's that would be like what I'd imagine like they create a character for him like. You know, oh, that would be a fun, that'd be a fun character. Like man or something. he uh, he. He, or it's like one of those like mistaken identity things, like the love, the love god, the love god, yeah. Where it's like he comes into town and it's like all of a sudden all the gangsters assume he's their leader. They're like, oh, okay, I guess I'm your leader. And it's two episodes of him <laughs> accidentally almost killing Batman. Like I can't think of like back in the in the in those days they didn't have a lot of recurring villains. And, no, and a lot of ones that they had were just kind of like dull. Catman wasn't exciting. Signal Man wasn't exciting. Like the Outsider wasn't exciting. They're just Guys for Batman That's to punch. So interesting that. Well, when Clayface was around back then, right? Clayface was a forties Clay, Clayface character, was, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Clayface, uh, Matt Hagen, Clayface Two was the big one back in the, the oh, Batman yeah. sixty six days, and he's in the opening credits. Oh, right. Oh. He is in the opening uh, credits. So I'm Dickens. He's Finster. Is on Amazon Prime, and if you, that if you want to see it for some honestly. <laughs> Honestly, this is one of the rare times where we might actually end up doing I'm Dick and C. Spencer on this show. How many episodes are on Amazon? I think it's the entire, it's only two seasons, so I think it's only like, it might only be like 40 episodes. If you want to bring me back in a couple months to do do I'm Dick Dick and C. Spencer, 
Uh, just I I will more I'll be more than happy to to listen to you talk about John Aston <laughs> so I can keep talking about John Aston yes. who I want to meet so badly Aww. but he's getting very old aren't we all yeah that's the problem with life uh, anyway thank you so much for coming out and talking about this loaded goat but honestly the loaded goat sounds like a Batman villain too like. <laughs> That sounds like, uh, what? Okay, so every episode of Batman 66 was a two part title that rhymed. So part one would be like The Loaded Goat. What would part two be? Um, uh, a stolen boat? Yeah. <laughs> the Loaded Goat in a stolen boat. Uh, the What's... Loaded Goat, the belly's bloat. <laughs> What's this? A goat on Main Street? Full of dynamite? Are heroes in jail? A drunk? Asleep? Young boy on bike? Find out next week on The Andy Griffith Show. Same Andy time. <laughs> Same, Same Andy, Andy channel. channel. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at This Week's Batman on Twitter. That is uh, where I make up uh, fake things that are happening in Batman <laughs> comics just this week. Did, just, just this week. Um, and you can always uh, find me at the Spiritualist Church of New York City. Uh, where I am a minister. Hurrah! Work loaded gut metaphors into <laughs> my, my <laughs> next lecture. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Y'all come back now here. And that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest Ethan K for dropping by and talking about the Andy Griffith show with me this week. Next time, we will be having a special Thanksgiving episode that I am still trying to figure out. So, why don't you follow me on Twitter at Brett White or follow the podcast at Must Have Seen TV, where you will find out what we're watching next time. Until then, I want to hear from all of you. You can tweet at that uh, Twitter address, or you can send any questions at MustHaveSeenTV at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at Must Have Seen TV. And if you like what you've heard, please rate and review the show in iTunes. The theme song is Patricia's Moving Picture by the Go Team. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening, and I will see you next time on Must Have Seen TV. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.